Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dr. Deborah Moss speaking again. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode. I think you guys are in for a really special treat here with our guest today. His name is Alexander Martin. He is the coordinator of player engagement for the Miami Dolphins. And I thought this was an awesome conversation. Um, A big reason why I started this podcast was to help athletes. I I just have a heart for athletes, me being uh, a former collegiate athlete myself. And uh, of course, I want to, you know, make make listeners that want to make them more aware of issues and the opportunities that are going on in the the world of sport and exercise and and physical education. But uh, one big theme has been uh, just the the development of holistic athletes. Um, In a previous episode, you know, you might have heard Dr. Cooper talk about talk about um, just developing holistic athletes and just naturally in conversation, Alexander, he talked about holistic athletes too. And he just talked about just using some of those skills um, that athletes have and and making those into transferable skills to get your first job. So this was a really cool episode. Um, I really enjoy speaking with him. Uh, I I would love to have him back on the podcast soon. I think we are going to have him back on the podcast really soon. Um, So, so yeah, you guys are in for a treat here. But before I go, I want to let you all know that uh, um, you all can give my my podcast, give it five stars if you're on Apple Podcast. Um, if you're if you're on any other podcast subscription site, subscribe to the podcast. Share this with all your friends. Uh, we just want to get the word out. Just about what you know, all the things that are going on in this in this field, and just make people more interested and and more engaged in, in the things that are going on. We've had really really positive feedback from the last couple of episodes, so I really appreciate that. You guys are have been amazing. But that's enough of me talking. Um, it's time to get you all to the episode. So without further ado, here's an episode with Alexander Martin. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overtime Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Alex Martin. Alex, welcome to the show. I appreciate you, man. Definitely appreciate you having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, I think one of the funniest things, too, is when everyone introduces me, it's usually Alex. I do go by Alexander. Oh, my bad. Alexander. Alexander Martin. <laughs> all good. All good. All see, good. <laughs> see, we were talking beforehand. We, we, were, we were so close like family, and I forgot to I didn't even say the full name. My, my bad, man. <laughs> It's all good. So that's why we have these conversations. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Alexander, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from? Absolutely. Happy to. Um, I'm originally from the Midwest, you know, born and raised from normal Illinois. Went to Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, where I played football, wide receiver. Um, got my bachelor's in computer science, my master's in education administration, higher education. And right now, currently working in, uh, working on my doctoral program. So <laughs> trying to set a standard for my family right now. So trying to hit one of those uh, academic marks. <laughs> nice. I just finished my doctorate in March. And it is a, it is a journey. <laughs> so uh, if you need any help with that, uh, you uh, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm going to just add you to my network because, listen, it is, it is a grind. It is a grind. Sure. <laughs> so now what are you doing now? Yeah, so right now I actually do uh, player engagement for, for the Miami Dolphins. Um, it's, and it's funny because uh, when I tell most people my backstory, they're like, how would you go from football to computer science to higher education to athletics? And 
oftentimes they're just like, it's a good question. <laughs> you know, I was doing what I love. I've been playing football since Little League and I love working with computers and, and technology, but I just didn't have, like, I have too much energy to, to make a career out of computer science. I have too much energy to sit and code for 10 to 12 hours a day. You know, um, I, I love it, but more so as a hobby, you know, and so I came into higher education because I had a great mentor, Dr. Derek Williams, who taught me the importance of servant leadership, building relationships, and just being intentional about navigating life and how you want to live it. And I mean, right now, working with the Dolphins and player engagement, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to be surrounded by a room of guys that, you know, one are constantly battling to be the best of themselves on the field. And then I come in where I'll make sure that they want to make sure they're the best of themselves while off the field as well. All right. So when someone says that, you know, you work in player engagement, most times it's like, you know, I've, I've asked this, actually asked it to my students today. I said, do you know what player engagement is? And they said, I, I have no idea, but it sounds fun. Could you explain a little bit more about what you actually do like on a day to day? And I know there's no typical day to day in your in your world, yeah, but just an <laughs> overview of kind of what you do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, player engagement, uh, it's it's something that it's not going to be the same everywhere. Right. But I'll tell you, for me and my role, you know, our department kind of looks after the holistic development of our players. Right. So we offer resources and services you know, that to help our players navigate their transition into the NFL, really through the NFL, as well as life after the NFL as well. Wow. So that's awesome. So the uh, so two through and when they complete as well. Yeah. yeah. So. For for the athletes that are coming to the NFL, so let's say their rookie season, what mm -hmm. kind of what kind of things do you all do to, to help prepare those athletes get ready for life in the NFL? Because I'm sure it's a lot is really different. I mean, from making, you know, ramen noodles every day to, to <laughs> making millions of dollars has to be a lot different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you're right, you know, going from ramen noodles to, uh, to, to millions is, is quite the transition. But I think for rookies specifically, um, one of the staple programs is, is uh, rookie success. You know, um, I, I think that's one of the biggest impacts that a rookie can have is sitting through these rookie, uh, rookie success sessions and being able to implement those kind of things like financial literacy, what it's like now becoming a pro, um, even uh, sessions that are geared towards the rookie wall, you know, uh, the rookie wall panel. Um, just at one point, there's a time where college players are used to being done with football, you know, around November, December. But when you get to the NFL and the pros, you might be halfway through the season at that time, but then you still got playoffs that can extend all the way until February. And so a point where most college players may be wrapping up their season, NFL, you still have like a whole fourth quarter of a season to go, you know, so we kind of go over things like that. Um, and we're, we're also really just helping our players really develop who they are off the field because we want them to succeed on the field, but we want them to be as successful off the field as well. So that's, you know, helping them you know, kind of grow their mindset of, all right, if you want to start this business or if you want to start this nonprofit, if you want to get invested in the community, you know, what are some ways or what are some things you're interested in that you can instantly start putting your time and investing your time into to help you become an overall, you know, not only a better player, but a better human to a better father, you know, a better husband and things like that. So when you talk about holistic development, why is that important to you personally and before you share it out to everyone else? Yeah, because I know how easy it is to get caught in just being a student athlete, whether you're football, baseball, basketball, track and field, gymnastics, whatever. From my time being a student athlete, I remember how easy it was to always fall into that athletic identity where I'm a football player at the end of the day and that's it. And so you go through four or five years with just a one track mind of, class competition practice, class competition practice, and repeat, 
you know, for four to five years. So you don't really think about how your skills being a student athlete or an athlete in general in the professional sports translates into the real world. You know, athletes do, they really make some of the best employees because they know how to think on their feet. They're great. They know how to like rebound or, you know, they're quick on their feet, know how to rebound, but they're also, you know, very, very quick, quick minded, you know, they're just, you know, thinking from spot to spot. Um, there, there are things that most athletes are naturally gifted with that people would kill to have, you know, skills that they, people would kill to have in the real world, you know, and so I'm just trying to make sure that our players know that to where, yes, it's cool that you're in the playbook and film all the time, but what about the playbook of your life? You know, what about your finances? Like you study the playbook, but do you study your finances and your checkbook as much as you study the playbook and things like that? So it's all about getting them to connect what they're doing on the field and what they're doing in the film room to what they're doing in life. Yeah, so the transferable skills is super important when it comes to these these uh, these athletes and because so you were a student athlete I was a student athlete as well in that and sort of that uh that transition uh for like for me was was tough because you know like you said you you go from everyday playing this sport to now what like what do I do Mm -hmm. I think what's just kind of cool about your job is that you know playing professional sports not everyone gets to do it obviously but then when you know so it's like an extended amount of, it's like an extra recess so they get to play a game <laughs> for an extra amount of time and make a lot of money off of playing this game but then um you you hear stories that I actually read an article last spring about LaMarcus Aldridge when he had to retire suddenly and mm-hmm. he, he just didn't know what to do with himself after he retired and so I think it's really cool what you're what you're doing um uh trying trying to teach these players these transferable skills how to kind of adapt to like life in the real world yeah no it's it's real because sometimes uh, you know as, as a player as a professional athlete you don't know what you don't know right and you don't know how your skills can transfer from on the field to off the field and in the professional life so sometimes it's our job to help them reveal that within themselves so i'm putting resources services and creating programs to help them visualize oh this is what i'm doing on the field but this is what it looks like in the real world so sometimes you just got to really put it out there and allow them to see it in real time just like they view film you know you, i think with professional athletes you always have to go back to what they're used to they're used to looking at plays and they're used to looking at films so when you're designing a curriculum based on holistic development of professional athletes you kind of have to go in with that approach, right? So if it's like, all right, if, I'm, if we're helping our rookies put together a budget, you know, and help their finances, again, they're used to looking at a playbook that tells them what to do, when to do it, and what signals to look for. Works same thing in the financial world. You know, what signals are you looking for? Like, if you know, you know, your your food and beverage budget, you know, was a thousand dollars over what it used to be. That's a red flag, you know, like what are what are some things that you can be doing to help supplement those costs and putting, you know, more money into your 401k as opposed to food and stuff like that. So it is very important, but it's all about tailoring your curriculum, tailoring your programs and tailoring what you're doing to meet the needs of the population that you're working with. And with NFL players, they don't have, you know, it's no longer a class competition balance. Like right now it's all football, you know, from 545 in the morning to eight o'clock at night during training camp. It is all football, right? But there are these certain moments where you may catch a player, you know, right after lifting and they have like maybe a 30 minute break before practice, you get them in the office and you can chop it up with them and have those conversations about finances, have those conversations about family, have those conversations about identity. It's those moments that are the work, right? We can do programs all day. You know, we can do rookie success programs. We can have these events, those events. That's part of the job. But the real work is those actual one-on-one conversations where you're digging into who they are as a person, what it is they want to do, what are they struggling with, and what can I do, you know, as a player, you know, as someone in player engagement, help them meet those goals that are off the field. So how important is developing relationships with players to your job? 
Oh, it's, 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 it's monumental because trust is huge, right? I think in any field, no one's just going to walk into your office and ask for help, especially yeah. men, you know, right? Like yeah. primarily black men, like no one's just going to walk in and be like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Nah. For real. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. That's not, how, that's not how this is, right? And when you look at professional athletes, it's kind of like they may walk past and say, what's up? They'll give you the head nod or fist bump, you know, but they don't know you, right? So even when I first started this role, I wasn't trying to come in and be like, my name is Alexander and I'm here to help. Nah, like understand, like this is my first day, right? So when I came in and my first thing was, all right, how do I start building trust with these players? Well, building trust with these players starts with building these, what we call touch points. How can I get the most amount of time with these players without interrupting what they already have. So that means actually walking up to players and be like, hey, hey bro, I need you to fill out this form for me real quick. Or yo, um, you know, our H&R needs to talk to you real quick. Hey, real quick, I need you to fill out this form for me real quick. What are some ways where I can get in front of the players, have them know my face and my name so the more I come around, the more familiar they are with me. So where if they do need to come and get me, they know who I am and they know what they know the services and resources that I offer. And they also know ways that I can help them. Now they feel more comfortable doing that. It wasn't like that day one, like day one for me, like they walked right past me, not who, not know who I was, but at the same time, you know, I didn't know them either. So it took me time to develop my relationships with them, but that came through touch points. It came through being intentional and creative in ways to get in front of the players. Every time I get in front of the players, it isn't always a session. You know, it isn't always a program. It isn't always an event. Um, most of the time I'm, I'm in my office and our office is right next to the locker room. So they have to pass this way at some point. And so when they walk past, if I know the name, I'm gonna be like, hey, yo, what's up? They'll pop back and be like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? And then right there, touch point, right? Yeah. So I've seen them and I've connected with them. And you just continue to do that and find creative ways to get in front of the players. So they know your name, they know your face and they feel comfortable seeing you around. So we're now when they need something, well, let me go see if Alex is busy. Let me see if he may have an answer to the, you know, uh, a problem I may have or a solution to something I need real quick. So that's how you build that relationship with those small touch points that add up over time. Yeah. So, I mean, you've mentioned a lot about holistic development and different and different skills that you have to have for your job. How did you learn those skills to, to be in your career today? Yeah, I test a lot of the skills that I have in my career from being a former student athlete myself. Right. Like I just think a lot of my skills come from me being a student athlete. And when you're a student athlete, again, you always have you're, you're, you're used to living life on a schedule. So that just means you're used to deadlines. Right. Like you're used to logistics. You're used to deadlines. Um, and for me, a lot of what I do is building relationships and connecting with different people. Um, when I was a wide receiver, it was a whole wide receiver room. You know, right. It's like so I had to connect with different players. I always have to connect with the quarterback, have to connect with the O-line, D-line, even have to connect with the DBs and one-on-ones because you're going against them every day. So talking to folks as much as you can, you know, that's another one, public speaking. Um, and, and again, just for me, being a student athlete helped me recognize just how important it was to take the skills that I learned on the field and be able to apply them off the field as well. So is there any so let's say if there's a student athlete that's listening today. And they wanted to know, like, how can I do better at my skills that I have right now? What are, what are some what's some advice that you would give them to uh, to I mean, to, to really take advantage of their time being on campus? Yeah, yeah. I would say start with figuring out what you're really good at now. You know, if you're really good at public speaking or if you're really good at logistics, you know, if you're really good with numbers, figure out where you're good at now and master that. And then from that, start using that to help others. Um, I think in this business, when we're talking about sports, whether it's college sports, or professional sports, you got to be you got to have the skill to connect with others. And it's not easy to do that for everybody. You just have to find a way in the door. 
you know, so for me, I was a uh, former student athlete, so I kind of knew what it was like being an athlete, like the, the class competition practice, uh, repeat routine, but also what it takes, like the kind of grind it is being an athlete, right? So going from college to professional, it's very, there's some, there's some subtle differences, but it's all the same. There's a whole, like your life is lived out of a, a, um, a calendar and a schedule. You know, so for someone who's trying to get into this field, figure out what it is that you're good at first and then use that as your tool to get into different doors. Again, a lot of people think, you know, just whether it's student athlete development or player engagement, there's a secret sauce or like one, two, three, four, five, you have to have these six skills. No, it's, I'd say it's being really good, like knowing what you're good at, mastering that craft, and then using that craft as a doorway to get into other areas. So if it's graphics or you're good with numbers, you know, it might be connecting and building relationships use that to get into where you want to go. And then from there, you can learn new skills along the way. But I would say master the craft that you have now. So that, that, that's in your bag, master that craft. And as you continue to grow in your career, use that, uh, use that craft, that skill, that ability you have to start branching out into other areas. Yeah. And so you, you mentioned earlier that you were a computer science major. Mm-hmm. You, you, <laughs> you took, a, you took a, a really, really big turn in the yeah. sports. So I, I want to kind of go into your journey a little bit. So you, you're a student athlete, and then you then you were a computer science major, and then how did you get from Carbondale to Miami, Florida? <laughs> yeah, so way yeah. different places, by the way. <laughs> it is. It, it is. It's like a it's like a mixed bag, but there it's it's a method to the madness, right? So again, I grew up like playing little league football, running track, and doing that all my life. But I also grew up um, around computers and technology. It's always been an interest of mine, um, not necessarily a career, but an interest, right? I like coding. I like working with computers, like building and, and connecting computers. I love doing all that. And the reason I studied it was because I knew if I was going to be playing football while in college, um, I wanted to be excited about what I was studying, just as excited I was about playing ball, right? So that gave me an incentive to want to go to class. So if I knew I was going to go to class and learn more about coding, then I was like, all right, I don't mind going from practice to class, you know, every day because I'm playing what I love to play and I'm studying what I love to study, right? So that kind of helped me bridge my academic side to my athletic side, right? But I knew that post-graduation, I, I, I think I was saying this earlier, I got too much energy to sit behind a computer and code yeah. for the rest of my life. But I actually met my mentor, Dr. Derek Williams, um, my sophomore year in college. And he's the one who kind of helped instill in me this notion of, yo, if you, if you have dreams and aspirations and you, know, you have to be intentional about reaching those dreams and aspirations. So how can I take what I've learned in computer science and what I've learned about being a student athlete and turn that into a career. Yes. So what I've learned from computer, exactly what I've learned from computer science is I have a it's kind of like how I use my mind. So like when I'm thinking logistically, right, I'm trying to figure out what's the most efficient way to get something done the most effective way possible. That's all computer science is. If this, then else. When you're writing code, it's all if statements. It's wow. all then. It's, it's like you need it, you need to like turn this up if you're in my class because we we literally talk about this all the time yeah no I, I, I kid i kid you not the way i think is either i'm in i'm using the computer science part of my brain or the athletic side so again when i'm going to come down to making decisions and logistics and budgeting if i make this decision then this is going to happen or if this happens then i can expect this result so that's my computer science brain and i see i take coding in real life every day but then I can flip the script, right, and flip on my my, my collegiate student athlete, you know, or, or my student athlete side of the brain and be like, all right, but I'm always willing to learn. But at the same time, I'm not going to let no one outwork me, though, either. 
right? So when I'm applying for jobs, it's like, all right, I'm applying for a starting spot, you know? So whoever else is applying is gunning for my spot too. I wanna be the starter, right? Like when, when you're in, in the professional space, you gotta think of it like this. When you're on a roster, right? And you're the starting wide receiver, you're the starting quarterback, or you're the starting offensive lineman, safety, whatever. Every year, a new recruiting class comes, right? Well, that's- trying to take your spot. And they Somebody's trying to take your spot. Right. So when you're applying for a job, it's the same thing. Like if I'm a director and I bring in an assistant director, one day that assistant director, that assistant director is going to apply for a director spot. Right. You always have to be fine tuning your skills. And so, again, I use my computer science side of my brain to be real logistic. Right. And making sure I'm getting the most effective work done, the most efficient way possible. But also I'm using my student athlete and my athletic side of my brain to making sure that I'm always staying green and I'm always trying to learn something new. The playbook is never the same. Right. You get a play. You, an offensive playbook is about a hand thick. Right. Like about that thick. And it's constantly changing because you're constantly adding new plays. You're constantly adding audibles and things like that. So it's never going to be the same week to week. But you always have to be willing to learn. And so for me, when I was graduating with my bachelor's going into my master's, I was like, yo, if, all, if Dr. Williams taught me all this, then the kind of person Dr. Williams was for me. I want to be like that for others, you know, whether they were playing football, basketball, soccer, whatever, no matter what sport they were, um, you know, if it was a uh, guys, girls, you know, whatever, I wanted to be Dr. Williams for somebody else. And so that's when I went into higher education. That's when I started developing that relationship side of my brain and that relationship building skill set, right? I actually started off in campus activities working in student affairs. Hey, so, shout yeah. out to student affairs. I was there too. Ain't no yeah. shame in it. <laughs> I learned a lot when I was there. Listen, I handed, I still got millions of t-shirts somewhere in my closet. We were passing out t-shirts. Like it's a, it's a the, grind, but you learn so much on the job. Like this is what people don't understand. So they, they just see it outside. Like they see activities. They think, oh, you just have fun every day. And yeah, you do have fun, but it's a grind because they don't see like the working the odd hours. Exactly. Or they don't see the, the having to deal with students. That's it. <laughs> That's a whole podcast right there. I mean, it, it is because students students outside the classroom are they're different. Yeah. They are they are they're different. different. They're different. And, I mean, Not and learning and learning all that stuff. I I attribute so much. I went back um, just last week. I, I talked to my former boss. I thanked her for everything. Like you made this. Like I was already hustling being from student being a student athlete. But I mean, student activities is a whole other grind. Yeah, and I mean, and having to deal with that. But yeah, that, I mean. It's a, there ain't no shame. And I, I loved, I loved it when I was there, but yeah. I, I'm telling you the, the skills that I got again, from being a, a former student athlete. And then even like you said, working in student affairs, all my budgeting skills came from student affairs. My programming skills came from student affairs, my logistical skills, being able to put plans together, being able to put um, a detailed schedule together, you know, a day of show schedule, things like that came from student affairs, working with students came from student affairs um advising customer students. service you'll learn customer service real I'm quick telling you, like advising uh, advising student organizations that's your your mentoring students basically right mm -hmm. so that all that is a mixed bag of student affairs and so what i did was i took that mastered it and was like all right one day i had an opportunity to do that for college student athletes so i'm like all right so instead of programming for you know twelve thousand students I'm taking what I know and doing it for just these 400 student athletes. So now not only is my scope narrow, but now I'm able to do it for a specific population. And that's why I was like, oh, not only is it a specific population, it's also a population I'm very familiar with. Um, yes. Yeah. And at, at that point, you're in your bag. So I'm like, oh, you mean to tell me I get to do all this for student athletes? Bet. Where do I start? Right. And then so 
I was doing, I was in student affairs for like the first three years of my career. And then I spent the next four in, in student athlete development. That's really where I got my break into to, um, uh, collegiate sports. You know, shout out to Sherelle Jackson, my former supervisor. <laughs> Love her to death. She taught me the ins and outs, you know, what to do, what to not to, and what to be look out, what to look out for, and what to be aware of when you're working with student athletes. Because again, no student athlete is the same, just like no two teams are the same. What I do with soccer has to be very different than what I do with baseball because the needs are different. There's no one size fits all approach. And so those are things that you have to be aware of. But I became aware of those because I started out in student affairs programming for the entire student population. Now I'm just in a, sp a specific scope of 400 student athletes across 18 teams. So I could do a financial literacy presentation, but I kind of have to come up with, you know, almost 18 different ways to be able to talk to 18 different groups of students. But that became a skill because of what I did in, in, in student affairs. And so one day um, how I got to the Dolphins was, again, I'm in, I'm in the point now where I felt like I've mastered student athlete development. You know, I was now doing presentations. Um, uh, I was heavily involved with the ACC, heavily involved with the NCAA. And I was kind of at a point in my career, I'm like, yo, like, I really want to know, like, what's next? I feel like where I'm at now, I could take myself to the next level. Um, but again, I also like a challenge. And so one day I got a call from the Dolphins. and They were like, yo, we kind of see what you're doing in the collegiate space. You know, what are your thoughts about doing it at the professional level? I'm like, <laughs> you know, when the NFL calls, you pick up the phone. Yeah, yeah, we in there. The NFL, when the NFL calls, you pick up the phone. For me, it felt like draft day. You know, the pick, the pick is in, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, but here's the thing though, again, I, I love a challenge, but professional athletes are very, very different than collegiate athletes. What they go through, a lot of their issues are very, very different. And so for me, it was kind of like, again, I was in rookie mode. I had to learn a whole new playbook. I couldn't bring everything and every skill that I had or every program that I had from the collegiate space. Not everything transferred to professional sports because their issues are different. Like what they, what they, their struggles and what they go through in their daily lives, it's, it's just different. It's not the same. And so I'd say for the first three months, you know, I've really just been learning everything, learning about the Miami Dolphins as an organization, learning about the players, learning about the coaches, learning about the staff, then taking that next level, all right, learning about the NFL, then the next level, learning about the NFL player engagement division, then learning about the NFL players association. So again, I'm in a mode where I'm constantly learning new things, but on the fly. Um, and that's really just kind of helped me hone in on really skills that I can always brush up on because I don't think you'll ever be perfect as a professional. You know, you can constantly be progressing absolutely until you, know, you start growing and growing and growing and growing to the points where now you're able to take what you learn and mentor somebody else. That's my ultimate goal, be able to take what I know and mentor young professionals. But again, now that I'm here at the Dolphins, I'm constantly learning that you know, these guys and their needs are very different than what I'm used to. And I'm not, I'm not afraid or ashamed to admit that every day I'm learning something new, I mess up. Like there are times where I mess up and I just may completely whiff on something. But I think the best thing about being in this space is you can always go back to the drawing board. There's literally like four whiteboards in my office. I can always go back to the drawing board and fine tune certain things. Again, we do this in, in, in uh, NFL games as well. Halftime adjustments. This didn't work in the first quarter. Well, if we want to go back to in the fourth quarter, we better make some adjustments. You know, so what I like about this space is there's always room for improvement, but there's always room to learn also. That's that's great. And, you know, one thing I, I love uh, that you keep mentioning is your mentors and how important yeah. that the, the people who help guide you along the way to get you where you, where you are. I had a mentor one time tell me, if you don't know what you want to be, know who you just know who you want to be like. And mm -hmm. that inspired me a lot and it actually helped me get to where I'm at today. And so, I mean, that's kind of cool that you keep in, that you that you've mentioned that a couple of times today. And mentors are vitally important. I mean, again, like 
my career trajectory, like my ultimate career goal, like ultimate, ultimate is be a university president one day, right? And so it's funny, the question I always get is, well, how do you plan on being a university president, you know, when you're in college sports? I'm like, aha, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> but it kind of like where I'm at now was like, you know, yes, I have what I call like a CBA plan. You know, when most people are, are plotting out their, their lives or their career trajectories, they have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. Plan A don't work, they go to plan B. Plan B don't work, they're gonna go to plan C. I actually take the inverted approach to where like I have a plan C and in order for me to get to plan C to plan B, there's some skills I have to gain, right? There's some people I need to know and some experiences I need to get. So once I get those, I move up from plan C to plan B. Then again, in order to get to plan A, there's some skills I need, there's some abilities I need and there's some experiences I need. So I can't get to the next level unless I do what's necessary, right? And so an athletic director is one of my career goals one day, right? And then so is, um, uh, being a, a so I'll, let me put it this way. So my ultimate career goal, Plan A, is to be a university president, right? Um, plan B is to be a VPSA, which is Vice President of Student Affairs. Um, plan C, being an athletic director, right? Um, and it's funny. I find oftentimes maybe like a like today that'll be the order. Maybe tomorrow might be a different order. But I know the three pillars I want to hit. But it's funny because people be like, well, how do you plan on being a university president? You know, from the athletic space. What most people don't realize is most university presidents, conference commissioners, and athletic directors run in the exact same circles. You look at what's going on on NIL, who is having those conversations? Athletic directors, conference commissioners, and university presidents, right? Yeah. So when people was, was asking about the state and legislative laws or the, the state laws versus the federal laws and the legislative statutes that are coming up, people were going to the university presidents about that and the presidents were going to talk to conference commissioners and the athletic directors. So all those conversations are happening in the same groups of people, athletic directors, conference commissioners, and university president. So me, my, my kind of trajectory is I'm in, I'm in athletics now and if I can utilize the skills that I've learned and the skills that I've gained working in the professional sports world, take that back to college sports as an AD one day, there's value in that, right? There's value in that. Taking what I've learned at the club level, the NFL, like uh, the Miami Dolphins club level, what I've learned at the NFL level, NFL player engagement, NFL players association, taking all the skills I can from that, bringing that back to the college space, like here's what I've learned from this space. Right. How can we use this to make the lives of these college student athletes better? Right. Boom. Athletic director. And then even like if I want to jump back to student affairs, the VPSA, how can I take what I've learned from a business as big as the NFL and bring that back to the college life of students? Right. Making that better. And then again, university president. At that point, you're looking at academics, student affairs and athletics. Right. But also now you have a team or a cabinet that's helping you do that. So now I'm kind of creating my starting five, you know, with my cabinet of folks at the university president level. Um, and so again, Dr. Williams always taught me to just be intentional about navigating the life that you want to live. So I try to make sure that I'm always in the space of opportunity or a place of opportunity to be able to learn something new that I can add to my mixed bag and be able to take that with me wherever I go, wherever I go and change the lives of those who I'm there with. Now that's, that's a gem. That's somebody <laughs> should tweet that. That's good. <laughs> I got a, a couple, a couple last, a couple, few more questions that I want to ask, um, this has been a great conversation. I've, I've loved talking with you. I've, I've learned a lot. And I know that people who are going to listen to this, are, they're going to learn a lot as well. Um, so what is your favorite part of the, about your job right now? Um, favorite part about my job right now was that every day is different. Like every day is different. Um, I don't have a traditional nine to five. I don't have a walk in and, and check the box kind of job. Um, professional sports doesn't work like that. Um, I, my first, my first, first week on the job was the week before training camp, right? 
And so training camp is a grind. It's literally 5.45 a.m. to like 8, 9 o'clock at night every day for six weeks. I, I made it, though. I made it, though. But again, I was able to learn so much in that time where, number one, again, I, the most important thing I learned was no two days are the same and no two players are the same. So the reason I like that is because it always caused me to stay sharp. Um, a player could come in feeling good, grand, and, and, and just vibrant on Tuesday. But by the time you see them Thursday, they may be going through something, right? And you just saw them the other day and they were smiling. So I always have to stay sharp and be paying attention to what's going on in the locker room, paying attention to what the climate and what everything looks like during practice. Because there may be something that's going on that no one else can see, but I have a different relationship with the players. Like I know who they are both on the field and off the field. So I may be, I may be able to notice something that no one else sees, but then bring that back to the player and be like, hey, let's have a conversation. Is everything okay? Okay, I noticed, you know, I told you kind of, you know, a little slower today during practice. You weren't running with intent like you normally do. What's going on? And whether they want to disclose that information there, right there or not, I've started the conversation and now they realize that someone else has their back. Like, all right, well, he reached out and wanted to know, let me talk to him and see if we can get this figured out, right? That goes back to the relationship piece of it. Absolutely. They want to know, like, athletes want to know that people care, right? Like, they'll have their coach tell them, yo, you did this play wrong or yeah, you did this play right, you know, but who's actually invested in them as a person, right? Who's invested in them when they take that helmet off Right. And they're no longer scoring points. But now it's just a random Tuesday or Wednesday and they're outside of the facility. I send a quick text. Hey, how's your girlfriend? Like, how are you all doing? I heard you had date night the other night. Is everything going OK? Like different. They want to know people are invested in who they are off the field just as much as who they are on the field. And that's what I love about my job. You know, every day is different. No two players are the same, but I'm constantly building relationships, constantly connecting with different individuals and be able to take what I know in my experiences and pass it on to somebody else. Yeah, it's the little things that mean the most. It is it's, it's the little things. It's, I, and, and it's like I mentioned earlier, we can do all the programs we want. We can host all the events we want. We can hand out all the packets we want. The real work comes down to the one-on-one conversations we have with the players and the impact that those conversations have, whether if it's 10 minutes or an hour. Maybe there's, if it's a quick hello, how's it going, or a full-blown conversation. It's those are the moments that matter. Yeah, see, you got me ready to run through a wall for you, man. man. <laughs> it's exciting. I, I love it. I love it. So then what's the what's the most challenging part of your job outside of the six weeks that you had to come to work at 545 in the morning? <laughs> I'm telling y'all, man, training camp. It was fun, but they put you through training camp, man. <laughs> they did. Um, I would say the the hardest part of my job is as much as we want to invest in our players, oftentimes they'll always their mood will always reflect the previous game. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it's a great win, yes, everybody's cool, they're live, everyone's feeling good. If it was a loss and everyone's like, man, I ain't trying to hear this, man, it was a loss. So like as great of an idea or, um, you know, as, as, as vibrant as you want to be, you also understand how you, like, sometimes you have to read the room, right? Like you just always have to be able to read the room. And, you know, the hardest part is understanding that a lot of that's going to be based off of whether it was a win or a loss. Right. And so a lot of the programs that we do sometimes, if it's a great win, we might just push back a session because, yo, let's let the players, you know, let's let them actually enjoy this win. So we're not going to do this this week. We're going to do it next week and we'll push something back because the players are just feeling really good. It was a great win. You saw some you saw such camaraderie on the field that you just want to you just want to bask in that for a little bit. Now, at the same time, there could also be a reverse effect to where it could be a bad loss. And it's like, you know what, we may not want to touch on this right now because it's not the right time. Right. And so. Again, it's, it's great to be able to, to, to read the room like that, but at the same time, it's the hardest part of my job because I can have a whole schedule of events or a whole schedule of what I want to do with the guys, but a lot of that's going to be based off of, you know, how they're feeling off the previous game. So just being, just being aware of that. Yeah. And then do you have any favorite memories as a, as a, as a student athlete? 
Um, favorite memories um, as a did student. You, did you moss anybody? Did you know, <laughs> Odell Beckham remember. catch or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, we was uh, speaking of training camp. So this was during uh, this was during camp. My I want to say my sophomore or junior year, we was doing spring ball, and um, this was I was slot receiver at the time, and we were on like the ten yard. I remember this for like specifically, we were on the ten yard line, right? First and ten. Um, coach called a slant. I just remember taking that slant 90 yards, broke two tackles. It was great, man. That was the first time I got my uh, post-practice interview, you know, so, and, and it's like when you finally get the, the camera in your face, the microphone, you're sweating. You be, sweating, you be like, cheesing hard too. When you get in there, <laughs> cheesing too. hard, you know, you just be foaming at the mouth. So no, that was, that was great. I'll, I'll never forget that because um, that was actually my first time putting in a spotlight during um, uh, like, uh, like spring ball in college, your time to make your money. So everyone's at like, that might that might have been my only opportunity at that point. If I'd have dropped that pass, I may not have got another play after that. Yeah. That might have been my Alex Sherup. You know, so luckily I was I was able to take that one moment, take that slant 90 yards to where after that, the very like the 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 spring, the spring game of the very, the following week, did the same thing again, took a slant 90 yards. And so now it's like my name is getting up there. So I think oftentimes people talk about what happened in games and everything. For me, it was a spring ball moment to where I took advantage of the one play that they gave me took full advantage of it. And after that, that's what started opening doors for me. Um, but not only opening doors in like the football space, but now like my teachers, you know, like my mentor, that's how I met my mentor, Dr. Derek Williams. He was like, hey, Alex, weren't you the one that I'm like, yeah, yeah. He was like, hey, come talk to me. So that's how I met my mentor was off of practice. So it wasn't like game situation for me. It was a practice. It was a spring game. Um, and so that's what opened my eyes to be like, yo, taking advantage of every moment could pay long-term dividends. That's but again, life lesson. yeah, I always think about, if I'd have dropped that pass, I may not have gotten another opportunity, mm. right? So just being prepared in that one moment, I caught that one pass. It did great for me on the field, but at the same time, it was just as beneficial for what I was doing off the field, who I met off the field. I gained my mentor from that. Um, and it, again, it was just, for me, it was a great moment of being ready when your number was called and then taking that and using that as an advantage off the field as well. That's great. So last question for you. Whew. All right, you, you, you're the last question on the hot seat, man. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, you, you've, you've dropped a lot of gems this, uh, in this podcast and I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. But if, if there is a, one vital thing that you want to tell someone who wants to follow in your footsteps to be in your position, to, you know, at the Miami Dolphins, you yeah. know, or, or whatever, whatever organization it is who wants to follow into your footsteps, what advice you know, what's one piece of advice that you would give that person that's listening to this and says, I want to be like Alexander Martin one day? What, what would you yeah. tell, tell them? Yeah, you got to be able to build relationships. Got to be able to build relationships. Building relationships is so key in any business. But when you're working, when you're talking about professional athletics, professional sports, you got to be able to build relationships. Because like we talked about earlier, guys aren't just going to come up to you. Mm-hmm. Like they may say hi, they may fist bump, but like the kind of critical conversations we have, like those closed door conversations, like guys go to people they trust. And if you're not building those relationships, if they only see you when you have bad news to bring to them, they're going to avoid you, mm-hmm. right? Like they're going to avoid you. But if you come to them regularly and, and show them that you're actually invested in who they are as a person, like everyone knows who they, like everyone knows their number and the name on the back of their jersey, but you'd be surprised how many players would take their helmet off, walk through Walmart and Publix. People would be like, and look past it because they only know their number, you know, in the name on the back of their jersey, right? But when you understand who a player is at their core, 
you know, like when you understand that when they take the gloves off, when, when the ball's not in their hands, they're an entirely different person based off their life experiences. And they're probably using football as a tool of engagement or a tool of education to figure out what I'm going to do next. Yep. Right. So when you understand when you're able to build that relationship with the player, it goes so far beyond, oh yeah, that's just my player engagement quarter. Like, no, that's my guy. Right. Like he looks out for me. He genuinely, he genuinely wants to see me do good on the field just as much as he wants to see me do good off the field. So I'd say if you want to be in a space of engagement, right, player engagement in the NFL, you gotta have you gotta be one willing to build relationships, but also able to build relationships. And it's a skill. It is. It, it takes time to build. I got mine from working with students. And then it went from working with students to student athletes and yeah. went from student athletes to professional athletes. So it's going to take some time, but you've got to be willing to put yourself in a space of opportunity or a place of opportunity to be able to build that skill. No one comes out with a fine-tuned resume, right? Everyone's resume starts off as a name tag, just your name, because that's all you got, right? Yeah. Sometimes you got your name and in, in your major and then your GPA, and now you're building on something, right? Yeah. But then you got your name, major, GPA, internships, and now you got professional opportunities, and now you're gaining skills. But no one starts off with that perfect resume. You have to gain those skills. You have to, you have to gain skills to build that resume. It's the same with working in player engagement. You got to be able to build those skills to, net, to network with different people, connect with different people, build relationships with different people, and understanding that not everybody is the same. You may have two quarterbacks that are exactly identical, but they're two separate people, right? Yep. So this person's life experiences is different than this person's life experiences. So you got to be able to read in on that and then understand how to talk to people as well. Emotional intelligence. My life changed when I started understanding emotional intelligence and understanding how, you know, using the awareness of your emotion, your understanding the awareness of your emotions and as well as the emotions of others, but also how those emotions impact other people. Man, it was it was life changing. So once you're able to master emotional intelligence and being able to use emotional intelligence to build relationships and connect with others, you'll be good. The game changer. Yeah. One one thing that we that we often say in basketball space is that uh, they say eventually the ball's got to stop bouncing. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, just old saying that people say that you got to figure out what you're going to do after this game is over eventually. Like, you know, even if you're LeBron, LeBron's eventually got to stop playing eventually. Don't mm -hmm. look like it, but eventually he's got to stop. Um, and Tom Brady, they just going to yeah, play. Exactly. They can't. And then, and then the other one they say is uh, use the ball and don't let the ball use you. And that's right. I, I think that's like perfect description of kind of like what you do is that, you know, all these athletes are, they're, they're playing this sport that you're, you're helping prepare them for their next stage in life. And, and for that, you know, I, I, hats off to you for, for, for the job that you're doing. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you're going to be doing in, in, uh, in, in your career. For sure. For sure. No, it is great. And, and you're right. You know, like you got to use the ball. Don't let the ball use you. There are so many resources that are out there for our NFL players that they can utilize to start their, um, their, their nonprofit organizations or to help start businesses and things like that. Yo, so while you're in the NFL, utilize everything they're offering to you. So when you're done playing, you know, you have, you have something set up to where the checks just don't stop. And now you're all like, all right, well, what am I going to do now? You want to set all that up while you're playing from day one rookie year to the last day when you're a veteran, like have all that time in between set up to where your 401k is straight. So now your family's taken care of, right? Your savings account's good. So now you're good. And you have a, a 501c3 organization that now you're just able to kind of put all your, you're investing all your time in that because now you're just doing what you love. Right. Football may have been doing what you had to do to get the money to start that nonprofit organization. But now that you, you, know, you have the money set aside, your family's taken care of, 
um, your investments are taken care of. Now go and have some fun with your nonprofit organization. Go have some fun with the business that you started and really start, you know, connecting in a different way. People know you as a football player. What about the businessman? What about the entrepreneur? You know, what about the artist, right? Getting, getting them to realize oh, that's what's important. The next chapter is what's important. That's, that's great, man. That's great. I, and I want, I want to thank you for your time today. That's, this, has been, this has been an awesome conversation. I found it very useful. I'm, I'm yeah. sure other people are going to find it useful. You, you, you've been great. And so uh, once again, I just want to, want to thank you for coming on the show today. No, I, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. I, it's always uh, a, a pleasure to be able to speak about what we do in the player engagement space to others. So one, they know it exists. Um, but two, it, it's also, you know, an actual career. I didn't know this existed until I got to, you know, Miami, right? And as a part of being a student athlete, I didn't know student athlete development existed, right? And then once I got into student athlete development as a career, I knew player engagement existed. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like you just got to be able to put yourself in spaces of opportunity where you start seeing things you've never seen before. That's when your mind opens up the career paths that you just weren't aware of before. This is, yeah, that's great. See, and that's, and that's kind of what the whole purpose of this show is to try to expose people to different occupations that may be out there in this field and so you know i tried to wrap that up there in a nice little boat hey you <laughs> hey hey man about to take my job man <laughs> that's great man that's great well, thanks again i mean i i really appreciate it and, and until next time see appreciate you. you man thank you